Welcome to the Bleeding Cincy Red Podcast Best Case Worst Case Scenario Edition, where we focus on one player each podcast during spring training and discuss what they've done for us in the past and what they will mean to this 2018 World Championship team. Today's episode is focused on who, Robert? Scooter Jeanette. Go Reds. favorite storylines of 2017 and I remember when the Reds picked him up immediately like going to look and see who's this scooter guy you know what what's what's he all about like you know I was aware of him but to actually like look at his numbers and I was like wow like this is he fell right into our lap and we we needed a, a second baseman even just like a, a backup infielder like he was a great fit uh, I wasn't expecting him to take over second base. I think uh, Peraza was supposed to be the guy that that uh, manned that. But uh, boy, did uh, Scooter just um, come in and, and blaze his own trail like immediately. Yeah, I think Scooter Jeanette, when we picked him up, I thought that was a fine pickup. I, when he played for the Brewers, I always thought he was a little bit overrated personally i know i think he displaced ricky weeks as their second baseman i can't remember if there's somebody else in between there um i was surprised that they just completely waved him and let him go uh at the same token he was a nice guy to take a flyer on and um you know clearly i don't think any of us could have seen what was coming uh in this season out of scooter um the fact that he is uh originally from cincinnati he grew up here makes him an extra special story the idea that he said, he mentioned that he was a Reds fan when he was young. Getting to play for the Reds is always nice. I love, love, love players who want to be Cincinnati Reds because, to be honest, there aren't lots of them out there. Right. <laughs> Most of right. them grow up to want to play for the Yankees or uh, the <laughs> Dodgers, you know. So it is always kind of nice being a small market team and having guys who want to play for you. Um, the amazing season that he had, uh, notwithstanding which we will talk about, but more importantly, I want to ask you this first. I have a multiple choice question for you, and I want to see what your thoughts are. And right. you have to, to finish this sentence, and, and I'll give you the options, which is the question is, is Scooter Jeanette's 2017 season a result of A, coming home to the Reds and Great American Small Park, B, the juice baseball that helped elevate many players in 2017, three, or C, I'm turning into from the guy from Home Alone, the kid from Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> C, him hitting his prime, and it's a positive sign of things to come. And or D, the baseball gods just love baseball players named Scooter Jeanette. Well, I, w- I was leaning towards A, and then I was leaning towards B, and then C, and then you know, basically, I think I have to go with D because. <laughs> uh, 
because I believe in the baseball gods just smiling on people named Scooter. So. <laughs> I'm with you. The correct answer was D. You got it. You got it right. Well done. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm really looking forward to that uh, Scooter uh, bobblehead that's going to be coming out later this year. Have you Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't seen it. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, they've actually got Scooter on on a scooter. So oh, it's really? Be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's smart marketing. I, I I love I love bobbleheads that uh you know go that direction you know. Oh yeah, so. that, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I, there it is. Yeah, he's got yeah, his and... backpack on with the the bat and everything. Oh, that's that's pretty neat. I, I tell you, yeah. it, it uh it'll be one of the top ones. I think it's not the worst one. Clearly, is Adam Dunn dressed as David Letterman. In his 80s style one. I own that one. I own most of the ball heads. That, that one's clearly the, the strangest. But, to put it nicely. But yeah. anyway, this one looks cool. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. So, so that should be pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, Scooter was uh, a lot of... It, he was really like the right person, like at the right place, the right time. Uh, we had traded Brandon Phillips um, for, you know, basically like just we we have a flyer and Andrew McKeerahan, the other guy, uh, you know, we cut immediately that uh, we traded Brandon Phillips for. Uh, and even the flyer, like if he doesn't pan out, that's not really wasn't really the point of the Brandon Phillips trade. But because of that void of uh, Brandon being gone, uh, it made picking up Scooter, a possibility for the Reds. And, uh, you know, it really worked great. I love that you uh, brought up him coming back to his hometown. Like, it's really cool between, like, Scooter and Adam Duvall having these uh, local guys that uh, really appreciate the Reds and the Reds organization. And, um, you know, something about cheering for people who who come from uh, the area uh, playing for the Reds is really cool. Yeah, I, I love the story of of guys who maybe played on the same fields that you played on growing up. You know what I mean? And and for our mm-hmm. listeners who don't know, Duvall was from he's from Louisville, right? Yeah, yeah, he's from Louisville. And then so. played. Uh, he was born in Louisville. He played uh, college at Louisville. So so to have him uh, kind of back in the area like that's that's brilliant. Like I, I love I love those those types of players that uh, can trace the roots back to this area. So um, yeah, and. And Scooter, you know, like the the big, the big moment for him, of course, was the four home run game. But uh, you know, he hit another twenty three home runs during the season, so it wasn't just that game for him last year that um, had him doing what he was doing last year. Yeah, he had an all all around great season. I do want to talk about the four homer game for a moment, just because uh, I found this riveting. I was watching it on TV as it was unfolding. Um, my even my wife was into it, especially after he hit the third home run. We saw that there there was going to be an opportunity for another at bat. And uh, anyway, as a Reds fan, we've seen this on the flip side before. I'm sure you remember in it was 1993 when uh, St. Louis Cardinal Mark Winton hit four homers against us at home, no less. Um, and and it was, mm-hmm. it's such a rarity that I it, it sticks in my, my brain forever. Um, so because of that, during this Scooter Jeanette game, and I think we'll all refer to it as a Scooter Jeanette game, uh, I was kept on the edge of my seat. And I, I kept thinking, I remember watching this game thinking, 
well, several important things. I was thinking Johnny Bench never did this. George Foster never did it. Eric the Red Davis never did it. Ken Griffey Jr. never did it. Adam Dunn. Adam, I hit homers into the river. Dunn never Mm -hmm. did it. And if you ask me who I thought the first Red to ever hit four home runs in a game would be, of course, my guess would have been Joey Votto. I mean, he's, (laughs) he's hit homers. He's hit three homers in a game three times. And actually, there's only other one other red to do that. I was curious if you thought you may knew who it is. Um, I don't know. My my guess would probably be like you know George Foster or something. But ah, it was close. It was that era. Not. It was that era. But it was Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench the, okay. He's the only other red to do it. I, I I found that when I was researching this, and uh, I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, other than Joey Votto, maybe I would have thought Adam Duvall would do it maybe Suarez but never never did I think that Scooter Jeanette Scooter Jeanette in in 2016 hit 14 homers that was his career high which means which means four homers represents nearly 30 percent of his home run total from 2016 (laughs) so I I couldn't imagine it would have been Scooter Jeanette at the same time like I think it was I think it was really cool that he became one of only 18 players in history to ever hit four homers in a game his name does stick out and that's why i think you were absolutely right on the on my earlier question which is the baseball gods just love players named scooter yeah and you know like even before that four home run game scooter was already um becoming a bit of a fan favorite and you know i think part of that's just you know the name uh you know he's he's always uh, out there smiling and, and having a good time um so so i think you know, fans were already like um, kind of making him a fan favorite, and then that four home run game just like kind of cemented everything. And uh, you know, four home run games are nothing to be sneezed. At. I mean, it, it's a lot. You see a lot more no hitters and uh, people hitting for cycle, uh, doing some of these other feats. But uh, you know, four home run games are uh, so rare that, uh, you know, you can actually make a list of them and uh, it doesn't take up multiple pages to, to make that list. So it's it's uh, pretty cool when it happens. And I, I think it's like one of those baseball moments that if you witness a four home run game, uh, you remember the person and you remember what you were doing at the time and, and all of that. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's that rare. And um, speaking of when you witness the four home run game, let me tell you a little a little piece of knowledge I found out, which was uh, our trivia guy, Chris, the Iceman Freeze, was at Scooter's four homer game, but left after homer number three and ah, I, <laughs> I know how do you leave after the third homer i don't know i remember giving him a hard time i remember even texting with him at, at during that game and uh and and i want to give him a hard time but let me let me we all have those moments where we left something where something incredible happened and we missed it or or we passed on that game in my moment while the the four homer game may be uh chris's moment uh my moment was when I passed on tickets to go to what turned out to be the Jay Bruce 
division clinching game with the walk off homer, and I still kick myself for that. They, nobody remembers that it was cold and kind of wet out and gross, <laughs> and I was sick at the time. And my my friend Will was like, "Hey, you want to go to this game?" Thinking about going, and I kept I kept trying to talk myself into it all day, and I was just like, "I just don't feel up to it." And I remember when he hit that home run. First thing I did was jump off my couch cheering, you know, with snot and tissues everywhere. And then the <laughs> second thing I thought was, "I can't believe I didn't go." <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. So anyway, we, we we all have those moments, and uh, but I but I just wanted to point out that Chris, if you're listening, uh, never leave after the third home run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after the third home run. Yeah, I could I could understand after the second. You know, there's still plenty of game game left. But <laughs> yeah. we all learn life lessons. No, it's, in it's, like, <laughs> it's like leaving the game after the eighth inning when there's a perfect game on the line. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, back to talking about Scooter in his amazing season for the Reds. Uh, you pointed out he became a fan favorite pretty early on. I think part of that was because he came out of the gate smoking hot. Um, and part of that was Jose Peraza didn't. Jose Peraza was slumping from the get-go of the season. Uh, second base was his job to lose. And, and he did. He lost it. Um, he would have gotten much less playing time had it not been for Zach Cozart getting hurt. Um, and getting some opportunities at shortstop where he's going to start this year. Um, but Scooter Jeanette did everything about the opportunities he was given. He played great, and that four-home run game definitely cemented him as a fan favorite. So last year he had a career high in homers with 27 and RBIs with 97 and a career high in slugging percentage with 531. Uh, he had a career high in full seasons – not including the very first year he played, where it was only a partial season, and batting average at 295 and an on-base percentage at 242. This is where things get a little interesting. Is I went to baseballreference.com and uh, I checked it out, and it says that through the age 27 season, and he turns 28 pretty early in this season, so through the age 27 season, Scooter Jeanette is most similar to these players. One is Neil Walker. And he's been he's had a really great career for Pittsburgh and then the Mets and and actually kind of did well for Milwaukee down the stretch last year. Two, Jeff Kent, and it's hard to argue with the career mm-hmm. he had. Yeah, Michael Young, who I who I always had liked. Ian Kinsler, who's had a great career and I think mm-hmm. just uh, just made his way over to the Angels. I think he's he switched over to Angels this year. And finally, wait wait for this, Brandon Phillips. Wow. So yeah. through age 27 season, he's been very similar to Brandon Phillips. And I started digging into this a little bit more because I found this absolutely fascinating. Brandon Phillips also had a career year during his age 26-27 season with 30 homers, 94 RBIs, and uh, an 8-16 on, on-base plus slugging percentage. And over the next six years, this is where I think I'm very hopeful and bullish on Scooter Jeanette. Over the next six seasons, he averaged... Uh, Brandon Phillips did 19 homers, 83 RBIs, and a 276 batting average. I think as Reds fans, we'd be thrilled if we got those kinds of numbers uh, out of Scooter over the next few years. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, just checking his uh, fielding stats too, I mean, you know, he's not really known for his fielding, but uh, he held up pretty good. Um Better than I, I was expecting to see when uh, looking at the numbers. And, uh, you know, he, he only played uh, 
he only started 87 games, but he still uh, finished uh, seventh in putouts for uh, the position. His fielding percentage was 980, which, uh, you know, is for, for comparison, is like the same area where uh, Brandon Phillips was at. I mean, of course, this is an older Brandon Phillips, but uh, uh, Scooters, you know, is he going to win a gold glove? Probably not. Like, it's, it's hard to see that happening, but. Is he going to blow games for you at the second base position? I don't think he's going to do that either. He's uh, kind of uh, what you want, and especially with that bat, uh, if he continues uh, doing doing what he's doing, or, or even doing the numbers that, that you laid out for uh, Phillips, whereas if he's, if he's hitting 275 to 280 and, and around 20 home runs, I mean, that's uh, pretty good for, for a second baseman to be doing that. So Yeah, and pretty good for a guy who's probably going to bat late in our lineup um, based on kind of the firepower that we have. So, I, I, I again, I'm pretty bullish on, on Scooter. Um, I, I have this question for you because this was talked about a lot in the offseason. So you're the GM of the Reds. Scooter Jeanette has a career year. He's young. He's controllable for at least two more seasons, I think. Maybe three. I can't remember. I don't have it written down. Um, so what would you have done with Scooter Jeanette? Would you trade him while his stock's high, extend him because you believe he's a second baseman for your next five to seven years, or three, kind of what they're doing now, which is the wait and see? Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more of the, the wait and see for Scooter just because – he bounced up so much in 2017. Um, it, it seems like if you try to extend him right now, you're going to be paying a lot anyway. So make him do it again, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, you know, those uh, comps that you came up with, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty amazing list of uh, comparable players at uh, the age 27 season. So so I don't know. Like That, that actually... Uh, be, before you read that comp list, like I, I definitely would say, you know, the wait and see approach is the only way to go. But um, you know, he he is still only 27. Like you say, he's going to turn 28 pretty early in the season. But he's you know 27. He's already got five years of major league experience, which uh, is a great um, place to be at to already have that much experience at that young of an age. Uh, where, you know, I don't know, you, your comp list is making me uh, second guess whether, you know, maybe maybe we should be uh, locking up uh, Scooter because uh, of what he's done. But, but you know, I'm, I'm still kind of leaning towards the, the wait-and-see approach. Uh, you know, if he gets off to a good start at the beginning of the season, maybe then it's time to be saying, to, to look at maybe we should start locking you up here during the 28th season. 18 season well i think you were on the right path and even with those comps uh i i'm in the wait and see approach as well i think what you could have done was offered him kind of i don't want to say below market value but definitely not a market value for the past season that he just had and see Mm -hmm. if he went for it but there's two words that sum up why i just don't think you can sign scooter Jeanette long term at the moment and those two words are nixon zell and i think it's because He's coming along and doing that. I think if you're going to sign as a small market team, you can only sign so many players 
to long-term deals. And we already have Joey Votto locked up to one, which no matter what anybody thinks, I believe it was still a good move. He, he's mm-hmm. really proved his value. He's an iconic member, and he will go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Reds hat, which is, you know, worth it to me. Um, if you're going to sign another one of these players to a long-term deal, I, I would place Suarez above Scooter Jeanette right, personally. Right, definitely, definitely. Yeah, because I, I think he has the bigger upside. He's a little bit more versatile, and he's becoming a gold glover or gold glove caliber third baseman. Um, he may cost a little bit more than Scooter Jeanette does, so that could play into things, but I, I do think he has a brighter future. So yeah. I, I'm with you even even with all the comps. I think that uh, Scooter is definitely a wait and see, and I'm definitely unclear if he's part of the long, long-term plan for this Cincinnati right. Reds ball club. Yeah, and I mean, you know, really part of it, you know, kind of is on Scooter's shoulders, but then part of it is uh, on Peraza's shoulders as well and um, how he works out. I mean, you know, part of it, you know, is just looking at, like, if you look at, like, the, the overall pitcher, uh, you know, we've got Barnhart locked up, we've got Votto locked up. I agree with you. I think Suarez would be the next uh position player that we'd want to lock up i think we have enough talent in the reds organization uh in the farm system coming up and and uh dubal shebler and winker are all controllable for long enough that i don't think you really have to worry too much about extending anyone in the outfield um so then it, it really comes down to uh after suarez uh, Gannett, or I, I have this problem saying Gannett instead of Jeanette. Uh, Scooter. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Scoo- Scooter is probably the the more the more interesting extension candidate after Suarez. Uh, if we're looking at position players and um, you know that comp list, uh, you know, like definitely I'm going to be looking a lot closer. Like I, I kind of had this expectation of. Uh, Scooter kind of playing out his uh, con- his uh, arbitration years with the Reds and getting traded or uh, released uh, after uh, he plays through that uh, arbitration years, but um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he is like an extension candidate now. Like the the more I start looking at his experience versus his age, the the different comps that you threw out there, like he he starts to become a really a more interesting person even than like I, I love Scooter. Uh, you know, he's definitely uh, somebody like right from the get go that I was rooting for. But uh, but now, yeah, maybe he's he's definitely maybe he's a, a person that we look at as a, a long term yeah. second baseman. Yeah, maybe. And, and if anything, if we can just have him for two to four years during his prime years, like that would really be great. So, right. I mean, I mean, the good thing, regardless, is that 2018, 2019, uh, the red, red got him. So, all right. It's time for our best case, worst case breakdowns. I'll go first this time. Uh, for my worst case scenario, I have Scooter coming back to reality and he becomes the player that the Brewers ended up waving, hitting high single digit, low double digit home runs, uh, and ultimately loses playing time to either Nick Senzel or Dilson Herrera, who uh, I think we talked about this before, but if you don't know, Dilson Herrera is who the Reds got for in the Jay Bruce trade. He's had a bunch of, I believe, a shoulder 
problems over the past two years. Uh, but the hardest thing for him is he has no more minor league options. So he either has to come to the big league club or has to clear waivers and have no one else pick him up in order for the Reds to send him back down to the minors. Um, and so I, I think that the worst case scenario is that he, that Scooter kind of comes back to reality and possibly making us regret not giving him the Dan Straley treatment and trading him in the offseason while he was kind of at an all-time high. Um, I don't believe that that's going to happen, but that's what I saw as the worst case. As far as best case scenario, uh, I really can't see him completely repeating that season from last year, no matter how many times I shake the crystal ball. Um, but I do think he can have a 22 homer, 70 RBI season. I, I do think that that's not out of the realm of possibility. And I also think if we aren't making progress to the wild card, the best case is he continues his tear from last year and increases his trade value. It continues to go up and potentially nets us some good, some goodies at the trade deadline. What do you have? Okay, well, I will go ahead and pick up on the best case. And what's interesting about Scooter is that he only played um, a partial year last year. He only had 460 at-bats. Uh, he didn't even field enough to um, end up in the, the, the fielding percentage uh, rankings and stuff. So I think that if Scooter plays a full season at second base... I think he can repeat some of these numbers. And it's also interesting that on the Major League Baseball website, it's actually surprised me, is that in their projected uh, number four slot, they did not have Adam Duvall. They had Scooter uh, slotted in there. I kind of don't agree with that. I think that Duvall should be the, the number four. But if it ends up working out the way Major League Baseball's website thinks it's going to work out for the lineup, uh, Scooter could definitely take those 97 RBIs that he somehow managed to, to hit last year and, and improve that. Um, so I think best case, he, he, he gets that 850 OPS. Uh, last year he had 874, 30-plus um, home runs, 100-plus RBIs uh, with a full season of batting. I think uh, that's very, very optimistic, but uh, it's – Enough within the realm of possibilities based off of only playing, uh, batting for 460 at-bats last year. Worst case is that he does fall back to earth, gets that 700 OPS, um, on-base plus uh, slugging percentage. Uh, maybe hits 10 home runs. Uh, as Brian mentioned earlier, uh, 2016 was his first year to actually hit double-digit home runs and uh, 50 RBIs. And maybe part of that is because of a Dilson Herrera moving up. But I, actually, that's my worst case for, you know, even if uh, Herrera doesn't um, uh, interfere, you know, Scooter just ends up kind of falling back to earth. I think what's actually going to happen is going to be somewhere in the middle of that and hopefully more towards the, the best case. But uh, that's the high and the low for Scooter. And it's what makes him a really fun story for 2018 is to see, you know, does he keep it going or uh, does he crash back to earth? So yeah, he's fun stuff. He's, he's a lot less predictable than uh, a lot of the other players. Like Duvall's kind of predictable. And I think Shebler's trajectory is a little predictable um, with scooter. 
it's it's really hard to tell. I will admit, if he if he's batting fourth in this Reds lineup, that's kind of a game changer for his numbers. Um, and you're right, he will have all the opportunity in the world to get 100 RBIs if he bats fourth. I can't see that either. That doesn't sound right to me. But I guess who knows? Guess yeah. who knows? <laughs> anyway, thanks to everybody out there for listening today to this wonderful Bleeding Since He Read podcast. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, Rate us on iTunes and share with all of your friends in any way, shape, or form. We love, we love being able to reach out to new Reds listeners anytime. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bleedin' Cincy Red. That's no G, Bleedin' Cincy Red. And on Facebook, where we will constantly share updates, links, and other things throughout the season on top of sharing this podcast. And stay tuned for more of the Bleeding Cincy Red podcast, best case, worst case scenario, spring training edition, where we focus on different players on the Reds roster for 2018. And a special thanks to my all-time favorite Red and Robert's all-time favorite Red, Barry Larkin, for listening. I'm sure he's tuned in somewhere. Go Reds! (laughs) 